Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. The conference is now in silent mode. After like an hour, you know, you play it over and over and over and you keep hearing new stuff. Well, or you or she can also record it on the phone. I can't. Let me give you her phone number while I'm at it, all right? Sure. Okay. So her California, she's got two offices. She's got, uh, she comes to California regularly. She's got a lot of clients. She teaches also.
1-800-243-549806 is not a valid conference ID. Please enter the conference ID, followed by the pound key. Thank you. Guest ID accepted. For help with guest options.
explains exactly what the Greek word, you know, what you know what what the Greek word meant and how it derived. Oh, that's derived. good. That's good. That's, good. that's it, really good. He did it. That's unusual. That. That's unusual today to have pastors that actually do that. So that's really good. Yeah. He's he's a professor with one of the uh, seminaries too and does it online, but he he's very well uh, well studied in that. That's his name. Do you know his name off the top of your head? Oh yeah, um, William Gullick, G U L L I C K. He's not on um he's not on the internet. I don't think he might be. You never know. If he's got, if he's done research, he may have a name. What's his last name? G-U-L-L-I-C-K. I tried to get him on the radio. They had an opening on the radio, and he said, we did that once. But, um, but th- see, we're a teeny, tiny church, so I don't think, I know that he was uh, working with, let's see, I can't well, You have to have him keep doing what he's doing, and that church won't stay teeny, tiny for long. I'm sorry, you're kind of muffled. What did you say? I'm sorry. I said if he continues to do what he's doing, can you hear me okay? Let me turn up my yeah. sound. I think I turned it down <laughs> earlier. Um, that's why you can't hear me because I turned the sound down. Okay. Okay, how's that? That's better. Oh, that's still out for me. The problem is my ears are sensitive. <laughs> I turn the sound down and then nobody can hear me. No, I think that's great for a modern-day seminary uh, graduate to actually have done more research on his own and have looked things up that they may or may not have covered. They usually don't cover that stuff in seminary. They just give you a, depending on your religion that you graduated from, they give you this rope thing to memorize, and that's what that means, period. There's very yeah. few people that go beyond that, so that is impressive. And it's, I was going to say, if it's a little itty-bitty church now, and the guys uh, are really talking about the truth and what these words meant, you know, and their origin, blah, 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 then your little church isn't going to stay little for long, is what I was saying. You're going to grow. Because truth always attracts people. Would be great. I would enjoy that. You know, I've always had uh, about four or five, well, since I've been a TI and I really got to studying it, uh, I've had about four or five different translations around. So I like to look at the different translations. We were doing that. You know, I do the um, Refuge from the Storm. Uh, they do a Bible study on, on Wednesday afternoon with Millicent uh, Black, you know. So we were looking up different translations of particular verses to this afternoon. And I do enjoy that. People people who want to get, um, you know, into the Bible and have, actually have a church that you can attend, you know, being a T.I., a lot of T.I.s are, are filled that they've been alienated from church. But she's a She's a good one to listen to. But anyway, I've got, let's see. My pastor likes to, uh, I have the NIV, the New International Version. i got the King James. I've got the NASB. What's that? Uh, that's the one he likes. New American Standard Bible. That's the one he likes. And then I've got one called the Holman. <laughs> so you, can, you can look at different uh translations in each verse may have just a little bit of a different, uh, you know, bent to it. But you put them together and they all make sense. You know, they make good common sense. That's where I think we get our discernment. It's, it's like the Bible says, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And um, I believe that's where it comes from. I, he invented it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know any other better place to get it. 
to get real truth. Um, Absolutely. Well, let's welcome some of these other people that came in here. Hawaii, New York, Central Michigan, welcome. In Georgia, welcome. Hello. Hi. Is it Joe? Yeah, how are you? How are you doing? Hey, in it. Okay. Joe. Yes. I was thinking about you the other night. Now, I, I, it was just one of the calls, and I wasn't on. Well, I started at first and then hung up and then came back, and I was on about five minutes after that. But someone was talking about how long have you lived in New York? Have you lived there a long time? Yes. Okay. 9-11 really happened, didn't it? What? 9-11, the two twin towers, they went right. down. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, it bothers me when somebody comes on the call, and, you know, our credibility is our biggest problem in the first place, and when someone comes along and has a wild story about, about that it either didn't happen at all and it's all a hoax, or something else, it bothers me that New York people don't, you know, speak up because we need to keep our credibility. Uh, well, I was right there watching the first building burn. I was right across the river, in fact. Oh, wow. Um, and then uh, saw the... Actually, didn't see, like, you, you could see, we were quite a distance, so you really couldn't see that clearly. But then, as the first one was burning, second one out from the left side, because we were on the north side, and we were looking at an eastern direction, a big blue ball of flame came out, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, it had to be a jet and fuel. So it definitely happened. People that were there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, that would have been really something to be to be right but there. I, expected, I did expect the columns to come down on an angle. It's mm-hmm. amazing how they both came down straight. I know. That that was kind of that was kind of eerie. Right. I had just gotten out of something, went to breakfast somewhere, and a man had said, um, he said, talk about the attack. And he said, yeah, one building's already down. And I thought, down? Um, but I don't know whether you've heard me talk, but I talked to a man about nine months before it happened, and he described what would happen with that building. That it worked just fine the way it was built. But all those floors were concrete. And he said, when one floor goes, the next floor down will go. And the next floor down, he said, it could take the whole building. I'm not, you know, I'm not schooled in that at all. But uh, it, when that happened nine months later, I thought, yeah, 
That's exactly what happened. They were so vertical, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, it is. I just think it's very serious on on these calls. When we get these way off the beam stuff, you know, which I know that um, people really believe what they're saying. But, you know, you were there. So I appreciate it. If New York people, you or or Mike or somebody there from New York would speak up and say, Hey, <laughs> I was uh, eating a bacon and egg on a roll. Well, oh. you know, yeah. on work. I worked out in the field, so we were by the. We happened to be by the uh, river, working, doing some work, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it just unfolded for us. At first, when we saw the first one get hit, mm-hmm. I thought that um, we were under attack. The city was under attack. Uh, I started, like, getting, like, uh, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to stay here on the job, or am I going to... And when I saw the second one get hit, mm. it was uh, it was a real shocker. Oh, yeah. So, but um, it was, you know, put across the news pretty quick, quickly that it was airplanes, mm-hmm. not you know, any it wasn't anything else. Yeah. You know, like missiles. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, they made sure they got that out quick in, in the, uh, the news so everybody, you know, at least some kind of grasp on, you know. That would have been the first thought, again, was that missiles were coming from everywhere. So. Yeah, yeah, they they, um, had to bring in so much equipment. Everybody came from everywhere that the the highways, there were actually grooves cut in the asphalt where the tires, so many different trucks and stuff. I mean, they wore, that day they wore out the the high, that stretch of highway around that area. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I've never been to New York, but my niece lived in, is it, is it called Chelsea? For about a year, trying to, trying to make a living. She never, she couldn't do it. But, um, yeah. Very, very sad. Do you know who won the World Series? Yeah, we were just talking about Melinda came on and she was telling us that they had to play the tenth inning because it was the Cubs. The Cubs won. Chicago Cubs. Hundred and eight years. Wow. They needed it. They did. They needed it. (laughs) My cousin was from Chicago, and every time he came into New York. We used to really get on them, you know. <laughs> so, big baseball fans back then. Everybody was. Well, I don't have television. I listen to the radio, and there's a guy on NPR who just talks about the Cubs all the time, and you know how their hopes have been uh, up for 108 years. So, <laughs> I can't wait to hear him tomorrow. It'll be good. 
have long-standing jokes about their spirit because it's always there. Yeah, and I don't think there are any fires that are any vandalism or anything like that either, you know. It just goes mm-hmm. to show. What now? No, after the event, hello? Uh-huh. Yeah, after the event, there was no rioting, you know, burning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that speaks well. Yeah, exactly. For New York, it does. You hear all these stories about New York, you know, and people not caring about each other and that sort of thing, but that was that was something, I think, that proved, proved everything wrong. In that regard, uh, well, yeah. Hello? Hello? Oh, I didn't connection or not. The call went quiet. Yeah. You guys still talking? I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Looks like finally it's going crazy, the Cubs one. There's a place to party, you know. Everyone's going to miss work tomorrow. I'll bet. I don't know. Seems kind of hedonistic and paganistic to me. (laughs) All this hero worship stuff is a little much for me. It's kind of fun, but it's kind of hero worship. (laughs) You didn't go to my high school, I can tell. What? As if you didn't go to my high school, I can tell. Uh, well, yeah. high school in Texas means football. Yeah, that's the way it goes there. Uh-huh. But we had this gym. It was the girls' gym. It was an old gym. You know, it was all wood. Everything, the whole thing was wood. And the um, the bleachers were were built up to where it was about six feet up, and then the bleachers went uh-huh. up. So there were walls all around, and. uh Anytime we had a pep rally, you could hear it all over town. You know, it's just so loud. But um, that, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't as much fun in, uh, later. College wasn't the same thing. It was just so much fun. Then. Well, it's a good spirit, too. The, the team spirit thing is always fun when you're young. That's good that you got into that. I kind of didn't get into the mainstream as a kid. I was horribly shy. Yeah, I was kind of shy, too. (laughs) Except then, you know. Well, I've been a TI for a long time. 
it made me a little um, out shy as a kid. Yeah. I didn't talk very much. I remember when I decided to start talking was my dad was having surgery and mother and I was there, my sister was there and her friend was there, mother's friend was there and they were all talking, just talk, 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 talking. And uh, we were waiting, you know, there. And uh, she said, Lonnie doesn't talk very much, does she? And mother said, well, she listens. I thought, no more. This is going to, I got things to say. So I decided, I started practicing talking, and I could I could um, compete with my mother, my aunt, and my sister. So usually just do all the talking. And I, I mean, they would talk about things that I thought were frivolous. You know, I wanted to talk about serious stuff. So uh, I started talking. You have to make a cautious decision, I decided, you know, the way it is. <laughs> One of the people on the chat was talking about how Canadians have bad breath. Because they got on an airplane once and they weren't even having a meal and all the Canadians were eating green onions. (laughs) 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 And he said the whole plane stunk like green onions. So the person thinking said they had this impression that Canadians all had bad breath and smelled like green onions. (laughs) Well, I've never been to Italy, but there's a lot of garlic over there. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Oh, my mother was Italian. Are you kidding? We put it on. She put it on everything. I mean, that's why the fleas didn't bother her. She stuff the dogs on her lap, and the fleas didn't bother her because she ate so much garlic. <laughs> it wouldn't bite her. Is somebody trying to speak that I'm talking over? I apologize if I'm talking over you. Was that someone speaking on here, or was that feedback? I didn't hear anybody but you. Okay, I must have heard feedback. <laughs> so this says, that's why I don't do stadiums, malls, et cetera. Uh, a wide-eyed one had a bad breath experience with Canadians and green onions. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I can't imagine going on a plane when there was no service for food and the whole plane was eating green onions. Are you sure that's what you saw? <laughs> that that sounds like a hallucination to me or maybe a... Have you had a vision? I mean, you said they were eating it in bunches. There was what? They were eating green onions in bunches. What's that last word? Huh? What What was the last word? I couldn't understand what you said. Oh. Uh, white-eyed said that he got on the plane and these Canadian people were eating green onions in big handfuls. Oh, handfuls. Okay. Bunches of a handful. And, um, yeah. and they, weren't, they weren't feeding him a meal on that flight. So that had to have been a... That had to have been a... <laughs> Yeah, hallucination of sorts. Maybe you fell asleep on the plane and have a dream there. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Canadians eating green onions. 
We don't have a lot of green onions up here, dear and have I. Yeah, you don't have much. Well, you have a lot of sunlight in the summer. It stays light there a long time, like till 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night in the summer. When it's where I live, it gets dark at, um, even in the summer, at 8.30, you know, 9 at the latest. And there it'll go to 10.30 or whatever. Yeah. It gets dark pretty light here in the summer, but then it gets dark very early in the winter. So How about like, your summertime? How long are your days, that's the longest day you have in the summer? Oh, goodness. Let's see. It starts sometime about 4.30 or 5. I remember that first year. And what I about had a, the, long, the longest day? I don't really know exactly. No. It, it doesn't go down till at least 10, though, sometimes. Um, June for you? Uh, no, later. I would say July, maybe. Yeah, what, the, you're, you're in, um, uh, where are you? Washington. Oh, you're in my, yeah, you're in my town. Oh, but you're up north, right? Right. We're up in Washington State. Yeah, that makes you right up by D.C. You probably have late, long days in the summer. We do. Uh, we make for it. But the winter's real short, and then they hit us with daylight saving time, and it gets worse. <laughs> so I don't. That's the only thing that bothers me. I don't like that very much. I don't mind the rain. Rain's fine. It's just, um, I'd, you know, I'd rather have more daylight in the wintertime. Well, you need to get another place in, um, down in South. I want to go in the Southern Hemisphere, and I want to get a little place down in Chile or something, maybe Valparaiso. I have no idea what Valparaiso looks like. I just like the song from Sting. <laughs> so, I like that name. But then I looked it up. It looks kind of cool, but I don't know. It's probably a poor little town. Anyway, yeah. Whatever I was saying, I'd like to do that. I'd like to maybe go in the in the winter down to the southern hemisphere, to a little my little shack on the beach in Valparaiso, and enjoy the sunshine for another six months, and then come home when this place starts getting warm. Exactly. Would that be great? I had a friend who uh, used to go down to uh, Baja, and she said she'd get a little you know shack down there, and it was the places were, I guess the towns were real tiny, and she went, the last time she went down there, she said it changed a lot, I guess. I don't know what a drug cartel or what it was. That's a great, yeah, I went down to Baja and Ensenada like 30 years ago, and it was really neat, rural, quiet, little isolated uh, hotel on the beach with nothing around it, you know, just a small little hotel, single story. Type thing and yeah, today it's probably ten story high rises, yeah. four and five story stack them and pack them units. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and cement everywhere with little winding paths going through the nice green Agenda Twenty One green yeah. belt, you know, <laughs> like we have here. It's all Disneyland. Every square inch is covered in cement or plastic. Uh, yeah. Huh? Yep, that's everywhere. Uh, Dallas. Yeah, you have the stack and pack them units where you're at too. Not where I am. I'm uh, I'm I'm in Port Angeles. I'm right across the water from Victoria, BC. You know, from Vancouver Island. Oh. And it's, it's, it's about two hours away from Seattle by ferry, and uh, I, it's it's pretty good in that situation. It's not a 
huge town. I think it's probably, I have no idea, about 25,000, something like that. But I'm about five miles out of there, and that's nice. And then backed up to us is the National Park, which is good, you know. And uh, uh, it just hasn't grown. It's going to grow, though. It keeps making the list, you know, that national list of great places to live. So um, we get the tour. Your little town is? Yeah. Making the list? Port Port Angeles. I have to write that down. How cold does it get there in the winter? (laughs) Not as much as it does in the interior. You know, it can get cold in eastern Washington, but it just hasn't gotten all that cold here. It's probably... We can hit 20s, maybe. Yeah. How about how hot in the winter and the summer does it get? Oh, it's mild. It's very mild. Um, In fact, I have no air conditioning in my house. And and coming from Dallas, to me, that was phenomenal, you know. Yeah, I don't have any here either. Well, I can't live without it anywhere else, anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. If you go inland here, it's even 20 minutes, you have to have air conditioning. And, you know, yeah. it's pretty pricey running that thing. It is. I used to spend, I spent the last uh, summer I spent in Texas with the house I grew up in. My parents had uh, built a couple hours, you know, away from there. And so I stayed there. And, you know, I was spending $300 a summer. Uh, and I thought, my goodness, I can't. I just can't do this anymore. Back so, in 1995 in Bakersfield, California, where it stayed 107 degrees for two weeks straight, yeah. so we're spending $400 a month on air conditioning. I bet it is now. So that was yeah. that was 95. So today, I don't know what it would be. You know, the price is probably up. Yeah. 95, it was $400 a month. It was ridiculous. It was just, you couldn't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah, too. That year, the year I decided to leave Texas, was the year that Mount St. Helens blew, and everybody got, you know, the, the weather was affected all over the world. And we had 45 days of triple digits. And every time I would look at the, at the weather map on the television, they had a circle around Death Valley. Then they had a circle around Dallas-Fort Worth. And I thought, and there were the two hottest places in the country. I thought, I'm getting out of here. I couldn't do anything but just... Stay home and sit in front of the air conditioner. Yep. Yeah. I didn't do anything. You know, it's just uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. 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 Been there, done that. I've lived in that miserable hot weather, and it, uh, it's actually dangerous. It's so hot. It's dangerous. Anywhere where it's extremely hot or extremely cold is dangerous. I had a friend who lives in cold weather. Some story about leaving someplace not without thinking, and um not being prepared for the cold weather and almost ran out of gas and he would have been in the middle of nowhere with, a suit, with a suit and a tie on with sub freezing weather's moving in and no cell phone. So that oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been a death sentence probably because it was getting dark. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it can be dangerous if you're not aware and you're not prepared for that kind of weather should something drastic happen like you lose your power. Of it even right. freeze to death if you're not ready for that in some of those weathers. True. And well, most people to cut down. What? In that extreme, most people prepare by having a wood stove, you know, and uh, fire wood 
out there. I heard I heard they made wood stoves um, illegal or something. No, they kind of grandfathered these things, you know, for uh, for those that have already had them. Um, they're they're working on it here. It's county by county, I think, is the way they're working on it. So we'll see. Kind of a gender twenty one ish, isn't it? When they tell you you can't use your your wood burning thing because the air is too dirty and they're spraying shit in the air, making it dirtier every day, really. Yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous. So when are we going to stand up and protest? I mean, you see the general population, not as the yeah, general population. When are they going to stand up and go, enough is enough? I wanted when I first moved here, and the first house I had was over 100 years old. So, you know, it had, it had a wood stove in it, and uh, I, had, I had to learn to split wood. I loved it. You know, I thought, wow, this is neat. I'm a pioneer, you know, right? And for, in Texas, when my parents built, excuse me, I'm going to cough here, they put their uh, fireplace in. But if we wanted it to get, you know, it would never get cold enough to really have one. We'd have to turn the air conditioner on so we could light the fire and enjoy the fire, you know. So it was just a treat. And uh, here, it was necessity. But um, I, I, I love doing it. I don't have one now, but I sure enjoyed it that time. What? <laughs> I moved in kind of late in the season. And there was, and the, the guy who lived there before took all the wood out of the woodshed. So I had to call around and find some wood. I finally found some dry wood. you got to find it dry. So the guy came in, and he didn't have anything but these cedar rounds. You know, that meant it hadn't been split. So he had to. Sh- he said, okay, I'll show you how to split it. So he showed me how to split it. I had to split it and have it ready uh, because I'd come in, and it would be dark, mm-hmm. you know, after school. By the time I got back from school. Uh, 4.30, it'd be dark. So I'd have to <laughs> it's fun, but it's, it's like a pioneer, you know. Well, it's kind of fun to learn new skills, too. It's kind of like learning to play tennis when you're mid- middle life or something. It's like a new skill. Good for your yeah. brain. And it's good exercise, chopping wood. Don't kid yourself. Build up your arms, your shoulders, good aerobics. There's nothing wrong with using your upper body for some exercise like that. And that's a new skill. I had a friend that was um, grown, grew up on a ranch in Mexico, and he, he works for me. And um, one day I asked him to chop something with an axe, and he took the axe and used it like a um, jackhammer. <laughs> chop it one way and then the other and the other. I was like, how did you learn to do it? He said, I grew up on a ranch, and I had to cut the firewood. He said, my God, you're like, he's like a machine gun, you know. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty impressive, and all the little cuts were perfect. So the right where they're supposed to go, one would be cut to the left, one would be to the right, one would be to the left, one would be to the right. How do you oh. do that? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a friend. Hmm? My friend uh, tried to do it. Now, she's kind of short, but her husband was not well. So she was going to go out there and split some wood for him. And she did, and it went right down into her ankle. So you do have to be very careful with it. You know, because she herself in the ankle. Yeah, she did. Oh, and that could be extremely dangerous. But I, what I found out was that you don't have to be real strong. All right. If you can lift the axe up above your head, uh-huh. you pull it down in, you know, in the right place, that's uh-huh. all you have to do. It'll, it'll split it fast, you know, hard enough. You don't have to use muscles going down. 
is what? Uh, okay. Gravi- gravity and time- timing and uh, gravity. Yes. Okay. And aim, you know, aim, of course, is the right thing. <laughs> no, I can't do that. The same is true with swinging a tennis racket. It's really not strength. It's timing. I'm sorry. Timing? Yeah. Same thing is true with a tennis. I'm sorry. I don't know why my thing isn't picking me up tonight. Uh, it's the tennis racket, same thing. It's all timing. There's no real strength involved. Really? Nope. Okay. None. Other than leg strength, right, bouncing back and forth on the, uh, you know, on the court and keeping your legs strong enough to keep you bouncing around and chasing a ball. Other than that, swinging the racket is effortless. It's sequential summation. You pull your arm back and you pull it forward and you hit the ball out in front of you and it goes where you aim it, depending on how well you hit it. So it's not a it's not a strength thing at all. Just fitness, aerobics. Mm-hmm. Aerobic. Like, That's good. Like, like chopping wood. Chopping wood is really aerobic. Anything that uses your upper body is uh, usually extremely aerobic. Rowing a, a canoe is good. Yeah. Push-ups, which most women have difficulty doing. I do. They're I good can't too. do that. I never could and, do that. Uh, I couldn't even do a woman's push-up. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I never tried to compete with the guys, but what my sister did, she was the first. Um, they organized this softball team. It was the very first one our town ever had for girls, you know. Uh, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. I, what year was that? Oh, goodness. She was, I guess she would have been middle school, maybe, something like that. That would have been early 60s. Well, that's really cool that she did that. Yeah, there was more women's sports coming out right uh-huh. around, let me see, 53, 60, yeah, about 65, 7, more yeah. women's sports were starting to emerge and um, even show up in the high schools. They're starting to teach more um, sports to girls, like we had six weeks of softball, six weeks of tennis, six weeks uh-huh. of whatever, stuff that the guys got to do we never got to do, and it was really fun. I love. I know. I loved it. We didn't have anything but PE. Then I got in the drill team, so we had drill team. You know, that was more fun than PE. But uh, but they didn't. I, I never quite understood drill team. I never joined, but I wasn't much of a joiner. But I never understood what the deal was. Marching around to what was it, music. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to, at one of the reunions. We were saying, and wasn't that wonderful that we learned how to twirl batons. Yeah, but oh, no, 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 no. Batons are totally cool. I love batons. Yeah. You put stuff twirl batons. That's cool because, you know, that's a brain thing. That is so good for your brain to learn to throw a baton and catch it because it's fun. You're playing and you're using your eye-hand coordination. It's so you should get a baton out and play with it. That is such I a cool thing. If you're not dangerous, I'm dangerous with them. <laughs> I can't play with them. I didn't do it, I guess. Yeah. No, that's a good thing. You know, they say that play is one of the high frequencies and it heals you. And it healed me. Playing tennis made me feel a heck of a lot better. I thought I was going to die before I started playing tennis. And so if you like baton throwing, you should find a cheap kid's $2.50 baton and play with it. And learn to play it. I've had one, let's see, it disappeared about 15 years ago, but I, I kept one for a long time. I didn't well, did you used to twirl much. it in the drill team? Were you a twirler with the baton? No, I wasn't. But like a majorette, 
that all the girls in the whole drill team had to know how to twirl. Oh, okay. So they had to kind of carry it, too, when they walked, or what? We carried, Well, no, we had to twirl it from time to time. We were all into that, marching around, standing in what the cold. Was, what was the purpose? Were they training you to be future female soldiers with the marching thing? Or I never understood that. <laughs> They didn't care. It was decorative for the halftime. That's all it was. Oh, okay. I get it. All right. Holy. We do have one claim to fame. This was 1962 or three, and the the Dallas Cowboys were not the major team. We had the Dallas Texans at that time. So we performed for the Dallas Cowboys. Their halftime. So that was pretty good for a high school group, you know. Uh, anyway, they they got bigger after us. We'll see what you did for them. You inspired them. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I twirled the time with my daughter when she was uh, about, let's see, eight maybe. She would have been third grade maybe, I guess. Yeah, I took her to I took her to the baton twirling classes, and, and I said, "Oh, oh, can I ask the teacher? Can I join? This looks like fun." She goes, "Okay." So I got my own baton, and I was having more fun with that. I was really getting into it, and my daughter said, "I don't want to do this anymore." I said, "Oh, please!" I got her, her own little bag with her name embroidered on it. She said, "Now." I said, "Oh, please, I'll pay you." I just want to go to baton lessons. <laughs> she wouldn't go. She wouldn't go. She was done with it. I was so oh. sad. Yeah, I might go back and take the Thomas because I think it's fun. You throw it up in the air and you have to watch it spin and catch it just right so it doesn't bonk you on the head. Exactly, exactly. But it is fun when you catch it. It is great. Yeah. Did you Did you play jacks as a kid? I did. So yeah. No, it's another fun game. If you ever find some jacks to play to do something to play, if you like doing that, that takes me back to my childhood. That and um, ping pong. That was really fun. Awesome. Childhood. We played ping pong. Somebody was talking about marbles the other day, and I said, marbles? And these are older people, you know. And they said, yeah, it's just different. My vision was sitting on the sidewalk playing marbles, you know, which kids did. And these people would have trouble getting up once they were down on the sidewalk. So I thought, how does that work? But it's a new game. Some some new game for older people, I guess. Uh What's well, you know, we have a lot of people in this town, not necessarily all older, can you hear me, uh, uh-huh. that, are, that are in the bridge right now. It's like a rage, and they started with, like, the couple bridge tables over at the such-and-such such with this group, and now they're up to, like, I don't know, a ridiculous number of tables and numbers of people joining and really getting into bridge. It's a game my friend who was a teacher of bridge and a head of a group, a lot of the group, um, she would be the organizer. She said it was a game that you continue learning for the rest of your life. You'll never stop learning it. I've heard people, I don't play bridge, but I've heard many, many people say they absolutely love it. And they, do you play? You know, it might be a good thing to focus on to multitask because you tell us we should distract ourselves with pleasantries. And if you like, cards, that would be maybe a cool thing to get, especially something that you never end learning. You never stop learning. Now, there's uh-huh. no end to the learning curve. It's not just a, a luck thing like poker or you know, whatever. It's right. have to, it takes skill and knowledge to play. So, Get your mind alive, too. Um, I, I, I really felt so inadequate Wonderful. when I was teaching 
uh, substituting in the schools, and I would go in because somebody had taught every fifth grade class in the whole district how to play chess. And I don't play chess, but these kids are just going after chess. And I thought, this is really great because uh, mm-hmm. they were going to be able to grow up and play something that's, uh, you know, got world championships going. Well, yeah, not only that, it's just good for their brains. Yeah. It really is a good, uh, really good for kids to learn how to play chess or checkers or anything where they have to think ahead of time and visualize what they're going to do. <clears throat> All those things we did as kids were good. Roller skating. I don't know if you roller skated. Oh, yeah. We did some of that. Yeah. Tried ice skating in Colorado. and That was okay. It's a little double, double deal there. I'll never do that again. My, that was the scariest thing I ever did was ice skate. <laughs> That's like falling on the cement. I mean, it is just not fun. It really hurts. It does. And he, yeah, and I was the most uncoordinated, spastic looking. I can skate backwards, kind of. But like, skating forward, you have to kind of pull me along. I have to hold on to the rail because my ankles flop over. <laughs> I can't seem to figure out how to get propulsion. <laughs> At least roller skates, you're balanced on the, you know, on the, so, um, you don't, yeah, you don't have to hold your ankles rigid. When you're on ice skates, you have to have strength in your ankles and not let them flop over or, you know. Yeah, because it's just very, I don't know, maybe I'm sure you get used to it and it's like nothing after you play on skates for a while. It's like your own feet, probably. I know riding a horse is really cool. After a while of owning horses and riding and riding and riding, after a while, they become an extension of your own leg. Yeah. You just kind of turn your body and they go in that direction. They know what you want. You, they, you feel like part of your own body mm-hmm. because they respond immediately, and it's really cool. Kind of well, a, they, what do you call it, a co-opted situation or, you know, or what's it called, symbiotic. Right. They, they enjoy it, too, or they wouldn't let you ride them. <laughs> I know. They just, there's something about a horse, I think, that's absolutely wonderful. They're fantastic creatures, really. I heard somebody uh, talk about here they are. They have this huge body and these little thin legs, but they can move so gracefully. And uh, I was thinking, too, the other day, up until about 150 years ago, maybe, that's the way we moved around the world. You know, around on land, it was horses. And, you know, until Henry Ford came along and changed it all. You know, my my horses were so incredible. They were such spiritual animals. Mm-hmm. They really were. They were they're very very smart animals. They had senses of humor. Yeah, they really did. And and her different personalities. Some were smart. Some weren't. You know, but uh, some were mean. Well, I had a mean one. She was real smart though. <laughs> and she would actually attack people if he got mad. You most horses will not do that. That was bizarre. Yeah. The lady abandoned him on my property, but she didn't want him either. Mm-hmm. He chased the farrier out of the arena, <laughs> trying to kick him. <laughs> I just, what I just heard on the radio today, somebody was talking about uh, horses well, sometimes will have a habit of coming up and nipping at you, you know, and they they were telling us how to stop, how to stop the horse from doing it. I forgot. What is I'm doing their lip thing, that lip thing they do? Yeah. 
You know, I had a horse that did that all the time. It looked, it looked like he was making faces all the time. Uh, what was it she said to do? I forgot what she said to do. But I put it out of my mind. I thought, you don't, you don't have room for that. You need to think about something you know to do, you're going to have to deal with. So. I don't think I'm ever going to own a horse again. That was a really bad investment. <laughs> was it? Might as well just dig a hole and put your money in there and cover it up with dirt because it's the same result. Yeah, it's like a boat. That's what they say. That's what a boat is here. (laughs) One guy, we've got uh, each each of the lots here have about five acres, you know, and. one guy, one guy right on the corner decided he wanted a horse. He built a big barn, and, and he had this horse in his front yard, you know, for a long time. Eventually, uh, he got rid of the horse. That was just something he wanted to do. He moved to the country, and he wanted a horse, you know. Just, There's a lot of people that called that yard art. They'd buy a horse <laughs> just to the artistic quality of having a horse in their front yard. I guess. <laughs> I enjoyed driving by and seeing the horse. You know, that was fun. Yeah. I always got older horses that had a history. Yeah. East Virginia Virginia wanted to be unmuted, I noticed in the chat. I don't know if you were watching the screen. Thank you. I wasn't watching it. Thank you because I did it really. Welcome. Welcome, Mr. Virginia. You had noise coming from your line earlier. I didn't know if you knew it or not. So I muted you. Welcome. You there, Virginia? Howdy. What's new, Alice? Okay. I just said I want to talk. Thank you anyway. See the light. Oh, no problem. No problem. So, did anybody say anything here about Brian too in the hospital? No, I don't. I haven't heard anything since that day. He uh, that one day he came on, but then he was yelling about this and that, and then he I haven't heard about him since that. Yeah. Where, where did he end up in the hospital? Pardon me? Where was he in the hospital? Where is he? Chicago, I think somebody said he was in Chicago. They asked if he checked out of the Chicago hospital. He said he was going back to China. At least that's what somebody put in the chat. Yeah. Chicago. I thought he was in Ecuador. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, he was he was in Ecuador, but apparently he came back to the United States, and something happened, and he ended up in the hospital. I forget what it was, and the hospital he was at was somewhere in Chicago, and his plans were to go back to China, but uh, I don't think anyone's heard from him since apparently he went in the hospital. Okay. Well, thank you for that update. See the light. It's not much of an update. I just I was on the calls when they were talking about it, and I haven't heard him come on any of the calls. I think I've been on most of them since. So I might have missed one or one or two. 
Yeah, I hope we didn't scare him off with our yelling at him or anything, telling him to get off. <laughs> I still don't know. Huh? You yelled at him? I didn't hear. Well, I didn't yell at him, but some people kind of, you know, told him enough, enough, I think, last time. I'm not, I don't quite remember anymore. <laughs> but I think um, there might have been an issue because he was doing it again. Well, there, there was another issue where some people called him out, and I don't remember the name of the lady. She wrote down a bunch of questions she wanted to ask him, so I forwarded the questions on to a bunch of other people, and it kind of went around like a virus, and Brian, too, started calling me a government agent. <laughs> Oh, no. Because well, I, I passed the questions on. From, I think it was Julian McKinney posed the questions because she, she was in the Department of Defense and she had some knowledge of some things. And so she had some questions for him. And, uh, and uh, so I just posed those questions. There's like four or five of them. And then I be- instantly became an agent in the perp. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it happens easily. With Brian, bless his heart. Um, I was thinking about something though today that he said. You know, if, if you're one way, he tries to turn you the other way. Or the perps try to turn you another way, and if you're that way, they try to turn you a different way. You know that sort of thing. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah. I think they're trying to turn me into a morning person. I'm not a morning person, but they wake me up early in the morning. And I hear Sue, or anyway, one of the moderators talking about how they. Um, Keep her up all night, so she may be a, naturally a morning person. They're trying to turn into a, uh, uh, a night. It, it, I, I don't think that's the case with her. I, I think she's got targeting issues severe that keep her up. But what now? I think what keeps her up is, you know, the targeting is what's keeping her up severe. Well, that's what they do to me, but they, they start early. You know what I mean? They start um, at a different time. My but all I wanted to do when I retired was to sleep late, right? Most people right. don't want that. But then they're messing that off. So I think they're turning me into a morning person. I'm just a well, I'll, I'll bet if you took up golf or some cool game like that where you get a early and go out on the tee, they'd probably stop doing that to you. But what now? What you say? Say it again. Okay, I'm sorry. I guess this speaker isn't working very well tonight. I don't hear it very well on my... I think maybe I didn't push it in all the way. Maybe that's the problem. Let me look at the... i got to find the song. Where's the song? Oh, it's on the floor. Yeah, that little thing comes out. No, it's pushed in all the way, and you still can't hear me, right? No, it, it got better from there. A little bit. Maybe it was the connection. Oh, there you go. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Well, it was the connection. I probably... I'm too harsh on this uh, cord, maybe. Well, let me let me know if you can't hear me. I forgot what I was saying now. Oh, something about morning person, night person, something. Oh, well, um, yeah. Um, oh, I said if you took up golf, uh, it's something where you get up early to go tee off early, and you started enjoying it. I'm sure they'd change it back to a night person. Right, and then you, then you go back to your bowling league. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always found it good for substitute teaching because they would call you, you know, and you get a ring and you have to talk in the morning, you're awake. So that worked out pretty well, although it was too early for me. But I think they come on, you know how they work on shifts. 
the parks were changed their I shift. Do, I don't. I to talk about that all the time. I I just, I just know my own situation, and mine's like something evil inside of me. Probably that smart vest they put in my food, and it it's it's, it's making me burn. As soon as I wake up, my skin burns. It's not it's not right away, but it's like when I'm groggy, when I first wake up, I don't burn. It's when I get more awake and alert, and the more I look at um, the computer or use the phone. It just, like I'm doing, it's like I'm getting radiation from those things and accumulates over the day. Well, maybe you're getting sensitive, like EMF Linda is. You know, maybe you're getting sensitive to the. To the well, that's uh, good. That would be good if then it would turn into just that from what it was before. If that's what's happening. I'll go. I'll go with that. I'll settle for that. Because it, you know, it's pretty friggin' miserable for. Years, I didn't think I was going to make it. It was like every day, it was like counting second by second, saying the Lord's Prayer over and over again, and the 23rd Psalm over and over again, and just nonstop all day. It, seriously, it, it, it was, I couldn't, and I couldn't remember anything. I'd go to turn the corner, I didn't know where I was going. I was like, oh, geez, why did I turn the corner again? Go sit down, get up, go turn the corner, go sit down, get up, go turn the corner, go sit down. It's like six times. I was really, yeah, I was really, when I came here, I wasn't sure I was going to make it. <laughs> I felt really bad. I've got pictures of me, too. I looked horrible. Skinny, shriveled, and cooked. Well, so what changed? I played tennis. I'm sorry? I started start eating a lot of fish, and I started playing tennis. Play, uh-huh. remember? It raises your frequency. And yeah. it heals you. High frequencies heal you. You heal yourself. I started feeling better, and then one of my major pains, poof, went away. Oh, right. Good. Yeah. You know, I can tell when I have built it up, I think it's me, because I can go near, like I said, I don't do television, but I do the radio. I can go towards the radio, and and um, it gets better if I touch it. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, okay, that's me doing that. So um, it comes in really clear, and then I walk away, and it's not. And I can go detox a little bit with an Epsom salt, soak my feet or something like that for a while, and I believe I believe it gets better. So there are a lot of things. You're right. You have to uh, you have to keep bringing it down because they keep bringing it up. Apparently, you mean the opposite. Well, you have to keep bringing down whatever buildup you have. Oh, 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 build up. Yeah. Of what? Of what? Oh, EMF? Energy. Maybe it's electromagnetic energy or whatever it is. I'm not I'm not schooled in anything uh, like you are or like, you know. I don't, I, no, I'm not I'm schooled in what I was, thought I was schooled in, but now it's probably so obsolete it's ridiculous. This is all new to me. I'm just, I'm reading, believing what I'm reading and feeling it out. And we're not even sure if what we're reading is, is real. So I'm just telling what I'm reading. And just because it says .gov doesn't mean some NSA agent didn't put that on my computer. <laughs> and I sent you all links or something. You know, I mean, I think about stuff like that all the time. How much of this could be urban legend that we think is real? I mean, I'm probably not, but most of it is real. But some of it, the urban legend, like the, like the FEMA camps, well, there are underground bases. We know that for sure. But we haven't, don't have too many pictures, and we don't have too many FEMA camp pictures either. So those kind of things, I mean, urban legends. 
I think I, I think so too. I do know that way back in the fifties they were building underground things. That was to keep the government going in case we got blown up by Russia. Right, right. Continuation okay. of govern continuation of governance program, I think it's called. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the initial idea. So I don't know where the what they're doing with them now, but oh. They're probably making them bigger <laughs> from, from the sound of the explosions coming from Vandenberg Air Force Base coming from underground. Wow. I would say making them bigger, yeah. Could be. We've been having, you know, even up here, this is a really rural area, and uh, we were hearing uh, loud blasts, you know, like you would hear from a mine somewhere uh-huh. along the coastline, and uh-huh. um, nobody's ever completely explain that except we have the Navy down the way, you know, uh-huh. anything could be happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, of the... Well, well, it's, you know, it's in our book. <laughs> this was all foretold in our book. So you know how it ends. The good guys win. So don't we don't have anything to worry about, really. And I don't plan to be here anyway when it gets really bad. Probably we won't, probably. I mean, who knows? It's God's time, you know, although it does kind of seem things are speeding up pretty fast here lately. I'll tell you, I even talked to one of the city planners, and I said, what's all this stuff going up everywhere with these big multi-stacked units? And she Mm -hmm. said, I don't know. She was a public relations officer. She goes, I don't know. My head's spinning. She said, they're throwing stuff up so fast here, I can't keep track of it. (laughs) This is the city city planning. I talked, that was their um, public relations lady. I talked, said that. Yeah. I don't know. My head's spinning. They're, they're just throwing money at us. Well, they're basically the feds were throwing money. They are throwing money at the cities, I think, to do these sustainable living environments that are just freaking creepy. They are so Orwellian looking. No trees, no grass, just four stories of stack them and pack them future blight. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. They look like slums, future slums, not one tree. And they've got a whole quarter mile of these things with not one tree, not one patch of green. Ooh. And, the, and their sidewalk leads to all the shops in the little village that was built by the city. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, um, there's a place called Seaside. Yeah, I think it's Oregon. Uh, and it, you know, it has little shops and windy, you know, Walk exactly. That's, that's like, what we have. Yeah, the windy little uh, cement paths to go through little green areas with trees, yeah. real pretty. Yeah. So you walk along the roadside and suck up the stuff coming up from the automobiles and the stuff coming up from their tires. <laughs> it's a plan. <laughs> if they're not your friend, <laughs> you shouldn't be walking by a roadside ever. You shouldn't be exercising or riding your bike next to a roadside. The stuff that comes off those tires is toxic. They, I tell you, folks, they've been trying to kill us every which way but Sunday for a long time, and we are just resilient. <laughs> we must be. We must be. The fact that our life, actually our lifespan, I believe recently has decreased. Well, a woman's average lifespan, I believe, went from 86 in this country down to, I don't know, 82 or something. Did it really? Yeah, and then went down too uh, after 2012, I believe. Whoops. It was when the chemtrails, at least in my area, started getting hot and heavy and blatantly obvious. It, it was really obvious here when they started it here. It was so obvious because we used to be a biosphere. 
one of the clear, cleanest air places in the entire globe. I mean, we yep. were designated. And each, uh, I don't know what they're doing up there now. And I heard a guy, this guy from California was talking. He said he was concerned about people up the hill, you know, up the mountain, walking or getting it even even worse, you know, than you get it down low where the trees are. So um, that was so wonderful about this place. I used to hike. That's all I used to do is hike here when I first got here. The water was clear and easy. It it still looks looks good. It's just what's go, what's up there in the what they're spraying. It's sickening. But. Sorry about that. I want to use that line. Go ahead. I'm going to wind down that here. Was our, that was our favorite fan on there. Favorite what? Our fan. One one of our fans. Oh, was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody usually comes out and tells us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a familiar, <laughs> a familiar voice once in a while. But we know. How many people are on the call tonight? Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine. You're kidding. Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine. No. Well, somebody needs to come up and start talking. Yeah. I'm well, there's an unknown who's, who's muted. Sorry, mm-hmm. unknown. Maybe you could unmute him and let him go to town. We're so quiet here. Might as well let him have his list. Unknown, you want to make some noise and be obnoxious? Go ahead. Oh, unknown, how are you? This is your turn. Oh, they muted themselves again. Well, you're no fun. (laughs) You could do like, was it Linda that unmuted all the unknowns for five, you know, two or three minutes and they had it? certain amount of time to do their dirty. That, that, was, that was Neil. That was Neil. He said, okay, go ahead. Do your dirty shit. And then he went away and got some coffee and came mm-hmm. back. And they hadn't done anything. Just, um, says, my, says, my bed, your bed is contaminated, dear. What does that mean? What does that mean? My bed is contaminated? I need to play more too. What does that mean? Oh, I would make a request when you moderators have your you know, have your meeting is mm-hmm. to set maybe out about two weeks so everybody can the people who just do the uh the telephone in without the computer, then mm-hmm. we can find out what the numbers are that way. Uh, with the new, of, you mean with the new system? If they change it, yeah. I kind of wish, I, I look forward to some calls without the chat room. Because, you know, I just talk. And <laughs> the chat room people listen, and they can say ugly things all they want to. And I yeah, just talk. They, they don't say anything I, ugly about you. Do what? 
They don't say anything ugly about you, I don't think. That I oh, well, I mean, it just, it's just, you know, I'm just right out there in the open, and it's, it's that, um, I don't know. It's the same thing that we have to keep kids from being, it's an impersonal way of um, communicating that's not normal. It's just not natural. In, uh, I've heard so many people talk about how we need to get kids uh, interact, you know, humans, <laughs> interaction between humans rather than texting and texting and texting and whatever, you know. I heard that word the other day. Yeah, but if you're not in the chat, you're missing out, actually. You're, short, you're shorting yourself because you're missing out on all the links that people are putting up. And yeah, there might be some derogatory stuff once in a while, but most of the moderators just mute those people. So, I mean, there's a lot of good links and a lot of good information that people are sharing. And a lot of the people in the chat, like me and others, we're also on the call, too. So we're getting okay. the best of both worlds. So, I mean, there's, there's something that you can get by being in the chat. There's definitely an advantage. Okay. Have a good time. I, I don't have the internet at home, and I really don't want it. I had Wi-Fi a long time ago, and got rid of it. And I believe it. Uh, my my home is much um, uh, much more peaceful now without it. So it it works. You know, it, it, they're trade offs. I think. Well, you don't have to have the Wi-Fi. You can always just hardwire a computer, and you don't have to have the frequencies from the Wi-Fi bothering you if you do that. If the Wi-Fi bothers you. If I lived in town, I would do that, but I don't live in town. They only offer direct TV and Wi-Fi and all that. So I don't know. <laughs> and I do appreciate when the moderator will give us a good link, if there's a link on there that important to me. Usually they'll just tell us. I just go to the library and do it. And I meet my my little um <laughs> there's there's a mole there that's always waiting for me at the library for <laughs> the park. And today was kind of funny. I drove up and all I was gonna do is, is turn in a DVD. So I pulled into the inner, you know, inner little thing and uh, there he was he walked outside, he was getting, getting ready to light up a cigarette, and he looked at me and he put it up and went back inside. <laughs> it's the same guy every time. And it's when, I, usually, especially when I go to town and leave my phone on, if I take the battery out, then I don't see him. But if I leave the phone on or even have it off with the battery in there, I'll see him. Uh, Riding his bicycle right up by, if I go to church, he's riding the bicycle by the church or, you know, at the library. He runs to the library real quick as soon as I get there. But that was funny today. I should have had my camera ready. The expression was hilarious. But still, that's the way I do it. I go to the library and check out whatever new information. I, I, I love there. books. I love books. Yeah. I've got, isn't that awful that uh, I go now just to get a bunch of DVDs? I get the books. You can get the books, too. The books are still there. I saw a cartoon. I think it was uh, one of those cartoons for a grandma or something. And uh, they were talking about books and or something, DVDs. Or, and 
And the little girl said, um, you know, why else would you go? Because it, people are just doing the DVDs now. It's kind of bad. <laughs> I like books, too. Oh, I love books. I'm so tired of electronic community. I mean, I like the, the you know, convenience of it and the connectivity. It's nice and everything, but I just... Uh, even in, uh, as a kid, I loved books, loved books. Always uh, walked into a library at school and felt like I was in heaven. So I started reading the books and realized I didn't have much that anything really interesting to say. Occasionally I'd find a novel that was wonderful and I read all the classics young. Right. I, I, thought, been, I thought I was missing something. I didn't really know how to interpret stuff back then, so I still missed it. <laughs> Did you ever read Nancy Drew? No. Oh, I read, I, I read um, John Steinbeck, though. Oh, well, okay. That's a lot more advanced than Nancy, Nancy Drew. It's pretty good. I read, was it Jeff London that wrote Call of the Wild when I was really young? Because it was about a dog, anything about an animal. And I read the Red, uh, with the red Pony. It was about a horse, anything about a horse. Yeah. The conference is now in talk mode. Uh, is not currently available. Animals, I was reading it. But, yeah, I would wake up early to read, and I could remember that incredible spiritual feeling I get watching the sunrise and opening my favorite book in the whole world, The Call of the Wild, imagining I was there where that dog was. You know, it was a transporting. It's, it's a transforming experience when you really get into a book, especially for kids. It's so different. Kids. It's a different way. I agree. I love books. Only now what I do, I, I don't read fiction anymore as much because actually nonfiction is as weird as fiction these days, but I'll order them. <laughs> we could just go on the Internet and just read some of the stuff about what's happening to us, and you can have some wonderful stuff to keep you entertained for days. It's, it's fascinating. This stuff is like a... It's like a friggin' jigsaw puzzle and the more you look the more you find type thing and the, the more we find out about the technology and what's in the chemtrails and then we find out what they're being used for all those substances and how they interact with our bodies and oh my gosh it's just it's an information overload is what it is it's, it's kind of cool because it's a it, it's a rapid fire learning it's it's certainly, it definitely is you're interested in something and you go, oh, yeah, and then you just read a whole bunch of it. And so you're doing a ton of reading with the Internet. <laughs> but then my sister getting radiated for hours. So I really, really hate this form of, of you know, I really wish maybe I should get a Kindle or something that has less radiation. Do they have less radiation? I can do that part. Do Kindle, Kindles have less radiation? Does anybody know? Did my connection go bad again? Is that better? Go better. I don't know what I did to this thing here. Okay, how's that? I think try it again. Say something now. Is that better? Yeah, that's real good. <laughs> okay, I took it off the uh, speakers, so I guess I tweaked the speakers. Probably the bird bit into them or something. I've been reading a lot of books on prophecy because uh, the theories are coming out strong now. These biblical scholars are really seeing things happening. That uh, and and the one I want the one 
they don't give us a date, you know, and say it's because this happened. So it's a, uh, they're just looking at the time, you know, in general, all across. Those are the ones I like to read. But they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Well, everything that's happening today does kind of correlate with end times prophecy, whether it's on purpose or for real. I mean, you know what I'm just saying, contrived or for real. It's hard to say, but it is correlating with, can you hear me all right? Yes, perfect. It's correlating. It's going right along with the revelations. It's just step by step. They're imitating it allegorically anyway. It's best whoever's doing this can do. It seems like it's being um, generated with really cool technology that's really advanced. So maybe this is the maybe this is the tomfoolery that's spoken of in Revelations, how a bunch of people will be fooled. They, well, I, they're disagreements, you know. The, the sincere people are disagreeing on things. One guy thinks the Antichrist is going to be um, from Turkey, and uh, uh, most of the people who've been around a long time believe it. Russia, you know, or, or, you know, Russia would be Gog. That's it. Not the Antichrist, but uh, Gog and Magog. You know, the big, uh, uh, the big war that's going to take place. And I, I listened to both of them, and I, I find it interesting that things are, um, things are working out for both of them right now. Because you know, we've got uh, Turkey's interesting. Turkey's fascinating. We've got. Um, Turkey is holding hostage our nuclear weapons right now. That is fascinating to me. They've been friends for most of the 20th century, and now they're getting to where they're, you know, they're uh, building up their own independent power. That's interesting. And then the other one, he thinks uh, Gog is um, Russia. And you know where it talks about how um, God is going to put hooks in Magog or Gog. Or Gog's, the, Gog's the king, and Magog is the is the um, oh is is the nation or thing. Anyway, he said he's going to put hooks in his jaws and bring him down. Okay, this guy's talking about what Putin is doing right now. And although I don't believe Putin wants war with the United States, for surely he doesn't want that. Uh, he is being drawn into the Middle East because Israel has oil now, and they refuse to sell it to him. But it's just fascinating how things are revolving right around Jerusalem right now. And um, it's, it's been building up for a long time. But just the last two or three years, all of it is revolving right around uh, Israel. I listened to this guy. He's an Israeli. He's a Christian. But he said, he said, I never, this is interesting too. He said, I hadn't read one verse of the New Testament. But I realized, you know, having been brought up uh, in Israel as a Jew, he said, he said, I realized who Christ is from that, the Messiah. And he's the Messiah from that. I thought that was interesting. I don't know how he did that, but he did. But, Jesus is all the way through it, what do you think? But he tells us, I listen to his YouTube channel, and he gives good uh, information on what's going on there. Russia and Egypt, and they've never been together on anything. Russia and Egypt have gotten together, 
and they've had these war games going off the coast of Syria. This is uh, <laughs> uh, this kind of stuff is um, building up. It's really building up. It's insane, isn't it? Who had war games off the coast of Syria? Yeah, well, he's saying it's the oil that Russia needs oil, you know, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna try to get it one way now. But yeah, but they're having war games with Egypt. They've, they've always been opposed. So now they're coming together. Russia and Iran have always been, you know, together on things. But with these odd bedfellows, you know, all over the world are making, um, uh, you know, they're making little treaties or whatever they're doing. They're coming together. I think Putin's a fascinating guy. I don't, you never know what he's going to do. It's just a wonder if maybe that, that maybe... Everything we hear or see about political issues on TV might be a lie, since they've lied to us about so many other things. I mean, it's just one thing that I've just come to the. I I unplugged my TV when I started reading the truth about things. I was like, oh, they mixed a little, they mixed some truth in with a bunch of lies or a bunch of lies, you know, a little bit of lies in with truth. And they mix it all up. And so everything I see on TV, I'm always, you know, I always had the gut level feeling, call it instinct, that could be wrong. But I always had this gut level feeling that Putin and our country are in on it together, whatever this is. I don't know why. I just have that feeling. It was always, everything was, oh, Putin was posing for the camera and he has his shirt off and isn't this, isn't he a show off? And, you know, and they had him all over the news. And I was like, why are they showing us this? Why are they making such a big deal? Well, I don't know. I just got a feeling that there's a some kind of um, hidden. There's a club, and we don't belong to it. Let <laughs> me put it to you that way. Yeah, yeah. It's an in crowd club, and we don't belong to it. And they do. That's the feeling I get. And and the feeling I get is it's a, it's a mass charade of things that they tell us on the TV. That's just lies mixed with the truth and whatever. Enough truth so that you believe it. But it's usually sending you in the wrong direction. So ultimately, they've just lied to us so many times. I don't, you know, I'm not even sure to believe what I read on the internet. I just kind of take it with the tongue in cheek. And if I read a bunch of it in other places that are credible, I might believe it. But you know, even that's getting iffy now because we've got infiltration everywhere. That's right. You can't. You've got to find uh, a source that you absolutely trust or, or, or forget it because the press, the press is not what it was when I was growing up. I mean, we had, I heard an illustration the other day uh, when Walter Cronkite announced that John Kennedy had died. It was very, uh, let's see, he announced it. It sounded, you know, um, it sounded like there was no emotion. There was no nothing. He said the president has expired. I remember I was sitting in the cafeteria there at school, but someone said that what you didn't see was this big tear in his eye. You know, the man um, the man was a true journalist, a real reporter. And what he did was report the news, whether he liked the news or didn't like the news. And now we've got a press that is either completely in one direction or the other, and most of it's all in one direction. And that's all we get. We get It's always colored with whatever their, you know, concept of life is. <laughs> It's always colored like that. They can't seem to do it. Report the news as it is, which is supposed to be the strength of our nation. Yep. Because it's like um, I was a big fan of uh, 
he didn't get the number, uh, Ben Carson. He wrote a book. He's saying the press is the only business that is unregulated in, you know, in, in the Constitution. It's not restricted in any way, and that's because it's supposed to be the voice of the people. But it's not that anymore. You get a slanted. It's all slanted. I'm just tired of it. But um, you have to find someone you, you trust to listen to. And, or either listen to the two extremes and then try to put them together. I do that a lot. <laughs> I'll listen to, I'll listen to uh, NPR radio, and they're totally left-wing. Then I'll go listen to Rush Limbaugh, and he's totally right. But he, so I'll yeah. try to put the truth, get the truth somewhere, because we have no other choice. You know, we've got to do something. I don't get uh, television, so I'm kind of glad, because I think when something's given to you visually, it can be um, more influential than it should be, you know. Um, I do like it. I do like it when, when I just hear what's going on, except it's in, in a football game or something like or the weather. I like to see the map of the weather, but I haven't really missed uh, television. Well, you know, with the weather, weather modification going on today, even the weather channel is kind of a lie. They just, they have, it's really embarrassing. They have these young girls in in front of a green screen with this tight dress that looks like a hooker that just stepped away from her last trick, really. They're so low cut and they're so tight. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And they have like no underwear and you can tell that they don't have underwear on. You know, it's just ridiculous. They're like hookers. And they're standing in front of a green screen pointing, oh, and it's going to be this temperature here and this temperature. Do you remember the days of Dr. George Fishbeck? The last real weather guy alive. Uh, we had good ones in Dallas, and what was that Doppler with the Doppler with the Doppler in in Seattle? <laughs> he was he was a real weatherman. You know what? That so was Dr. Joe Fishbeck, and I think they were the a dying breed because the weather modification system kind of kicked in. I don't know when, but mm-hmm. it did. And then so they didn't have any need for real weather people. They just put girls in real tight dresses in front of green screens. Yeah. Pointing at at numbers now, saying it's going to be 98 here and 97 here, and this mm-hmm. is what the traffic looks like, folks. That's our weather now. Yeah, yeah I don't even know how you can stand to watch the Weather Channel. It makes me nauseous. Oh, I haven't seen that for a while. It's all a performance. You know, it's uh, who's going to get the big rating because they they do it dramatically and theatrically and it's uh, beautifully. Well, in in the old days, they didn't have any commercials in the news at all, did they? Yeah, well, maybe one or two. We have at night and it was usually pretty serious, you know? We exactly. got straight. And then we get nightline after that. And that was pretty good for I don't know whether they're still on or not. But um what's his name? They are. I think they're a major nightline I think still does major stuff. Um, uh, a bunch of stuff. The name is it rings a bell recently. Of either having shows or having a, a documentaries or something coming off oh. of them. I love some of the some of the subjects they covered. I thought were were uh, pretty good. Like I remember, um, I was I was I've been always been an environmentalist. I care about you know the world globally, but I also care about tiny little unborn babies, you know? Okay, so they put that together. And nobody had ever done that before. I thought, this is great. So they were saying, okay, 
generally, you find people who care about the world in a global way, and they care about the environment and what's being done, you know, in total, but they don't care as much. That group, many times, not everybody, many times doesn't, isn't caring about unborn little teeny tiny, tiniest of life. And they said the people who are very, very interested in protecting the tiniest of life are not that interested in protecting all of life. And I thought, this is great. They've got it together. Because I always thought people should care about both. Right. right. But they, they interchange. That was one of their subjects one time. I'll never forget that one. But nobody talked about it since. <laughs> this is 70s, I guess. Yeah. That was just your classic, you know, left-wing idea, right-wing idea, you know, and they should be together. I think they all belong together on that. But you're talking about that secret club. Yeah. I believe that's real. Yeah. And I believe it covers the political spectrum, unfortunately. And it doesn't have to do with... um, It doesn't... (laughs) It has more to do with if you're born into it or not born into it. It's just, um, I've gotten very cynical <laughs> this year more than I ever have about um, our political climate and situation in this nation because um, I, I can see it. I can see that, um, well... It's just sad, I'm afraid. I can see the criminality and the uh, corruption coming from all across the way. It's just, um, it's not just Democrats, Republicans, liberals or Democrats, liberals or conservatives. uh, It covers the spectrum. And that club, we got to get out of here. If we can just clean house and start over, raise a few Ben Franklins and, you know, somebody, somebody, John Adams, you know, forget a few of those guys, um, again, we might have to start it over. It's getting uh, getting sad. I got a deal from Billy Graham, I guess, Billy Graham, said we need a Christian. He said we need a Christian revolution. I don't know if I've ever heard, seen that. I guess it's Franklin doing it now, but... Um, we're not in good shape. It's, this is our last chance. This is our last chance to make the right decision. When I hear about um, all the money that the Bushes got from Saudi Arabia, and then I hear about all the money that uh, the Clintons got from Saudi Arabia, no telling how much this last one's going to get from Saudi Arabia. And uh, going, I mean, going way back. So it goes across the way. Am I talking to myself? I need to, I need to go to bed. No. <laughs> it's time. It's time, I think. Yeah, I got to get up. Let's see. Don't get me up here early. I don't even know what time it is. All right, honey. Well, um, you have a good evening. and <clears throat> I'm probably ready. Ahead for the um, 
Oh my gosh, it's only eleven seventeen. It's not time for me yet, but it is for you. It's past three, isn't it? Okay, you're mumbling again, but I do have to go, and I'm rambling. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Well, you have a good evening. You too. Get to talk to you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. See the light. Are you there? This is deer in headlights to see the light. Come in, see the light. Yeah, I was just muted. I had to get across the room to get to my phone. That's all. Well, yeah. So yeah. Uh, what's with what's with my mic? She kept saying she couldn't hear me. Right, I'm gonna set it down. <clears throat> Let it dangle like it normally does. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know. She said uh, I thought she just said you're mumbling or something, but it didn't. I didn't. It didn't appear that way here. I don't know. All right. It was our connection, probably. Her connection was is always as bad. She calls from a home phone, and it's always a wobbly connection. Oh, isn't she way out on a farm or something? She talks about chickens or something, I think. Like she's on a farm no, somewhere. No, 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 not Lonnie. Uh-uh. She's in the, she's at Port St. Angelo's, right outside of Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver, Washington? Yeah. Or no, Van- I don't know, Vancouver. Is there Vancouver, Washington? I have no idea. Yeah, well, there, has, there is, because unless she's in Canada. Well, she said there, she's in Washington State. So when she said right across from Vancouver, I was thinking, you know, across the border. That's, I didn't know there, there was a thing. There, huh? there's a, I think there's a place. Uh, when I, 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 remember the, I remember totally weird stuff. I was a kid. I was on a holiday in Hawaii. And I, there was a guy there that I met. He was about my age when my parents took me. And he goes, oh, I'm from Vancouver. And I figured it was B.C. And he goes, no, Vancouver, Washington. So I know there's a place called Vancouver, Washington. And that would be in Washington State. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> on the north bank of the Columbia River in the U.S. state of Washington, incorporated in 1857. Fourth largest city in the state with a population of 161,000, 162,000 people. As of 2000. Oh, nice. I just was seeing some of EMF testing on force or something, or at least somebody from Washington State was. I that think was, it was that. That was, that was Lonnie, and it was, uh, she's Port San Angelos or something like that. Oh. And then he was San Angelo's, whatever she called it. And that's uh, where they were doing that, uh, uh, what would they call it, uh, trial practicing they were doing uh, for their EMS warfare or something. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm just looking at the chat, too. I can't look at the screen. I can't take the uh, radiation tonight. It's uh, bad. They're trying to make up for lost time. Every time I have a good day, they try to make up for lost time by turning the screen into lava. <laughs> and my phone is like lava. I can't even look into it. <clears throat> yeah, I was trying to access the uh, blue keys on the keyboard, and I asked on the chat. I don't know if anybody knows. Like, if you hold shift, you get the other key, but I've got these blue keys. I'm trying to become blue like, keys? what do you call Trying to become cool with the emoticons or whatever. I never use those stupid things. I've been playing uh, around. I, oh, is that because you have a phone? I looked it up on the computer and there was a a site. Can you hear me all right? Oh yeah, I looked. I looked at the site already. I have it up in the chat. I never do the emoticon things on the phone. I just people kept doing it, so I thought I'd look it up how the heck they were doing it, and I'm slowly learning a few of them. Some of them are kind of complicated. It's weird keys, and I can't access the blue keys for the greater signs and stuff the right ones or something. 
I can look on my phone, but I don't need the radiation right now. Like I have them stuffed under pillows. <laughs> and the computer is turned away from me. You see the way? So you have to tell me if someone needs to be unmuted or something. Yeah, nobody's nobody's asking. There's only two people muted, but I think East Virginia muted themselves in unknown. Okay, well, I guess we could probably end this call here since nobody's really yapping. Anybody else want to say anything? Oh, you know what? What? That's interesting because Tessa said in the chat, Fort Angeles across from Victoria, B.C. That's she said what, she. That's what she said. She was across from. Oh, Canada. that means uh, she's in Canada then. But that you said, well, I've heard her say Washington State. Oh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Isn't, that's Washington, weird. isn't Washington State on the other side of the border of B.C. Canada? Say that again. Is, aren't they just right across the border from D.C.? I mean, Washington is, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where I used to live, uh, it was like the, you drive across the border into Washington State. Uh-huh. But so she insinuated she was close to D.C. I don't know. The water's weird there. She could be over somewhere where I guess she could be in the U.S. But I'm just looking at what Sexa says because they said in the chat, Port Angeles or whatever, is across from Victoria, B.C. Oh, it is in the U.S. I'm reading it wrong. Duh. I'm getting tired. Um, it's in the United States, and it's across from Victoria, B.C., and that would be the United States on the other that's side. Where, that's yeah. where she lives, and it's where that protected forest area is. Oh, that's right. I remember her saying something about that. Mm-hmm. The military was testing, I don't know, something on but doing something. Right. Testing their EMF weaponry or something. I don't know what, what it was. Something along that There's line. There's a book something, I think. What? There was a protest there or something she mentioned. I think people were upset about whatever the military oh, was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were upset that it might upset the animals and whatnot. God knows what they were doing. Freak. Well, it's just guys who are straight doing their job, some of them. Yeah, sometimes I read stuff and I th- I read it. I don't know what I was thinking when I read it. It's pretty clear what Sexa said, but I kept thinking I was I, I don't know I was thinking something different for some reason. Well, we're all mind controlled, so nobody's perfect. You know, my perceptions are fewer. The conference is now in this silent mode. Is currently available. And I didn't see that. like hovering helicopters. I guess you could, maybe those are like little drones or something. Little miniature drones are just hovering helicopters. What are they doing is what I want to know. Does anybody know? Are they always go over our heads with helicopters and planes other than aggravation? Is there, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. No problem. All right. All right. Anyway, I just wonder if anyone on the call or chat has read anything anywhere as to why they do that. They're like a bazillion feet over your head and they always got to go over your head. Or they're right a thousand feet over your head. 
and you still got to go right over your head. They got to go out of their way to go over your head. I don't understand the significance. Is it just to fly out? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I had planes flying over me every freaking day when I was living in another place, and it was constant. And whatever outbuilding I went into, and there was a couple houses on the property, it was a great big farm, and uh, it would keep flying around in the bloody circle. And, I mean, I don't know if they were...
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.